Hello, welcome to the Design for a Living podcast with Chelsea Coriel. On this week's episode, I'm going to be talking about the pros and cons of owning your own business. It's just me today. Um, and I, I thought I'd give you a little, um, there's a little backstory that'll be involved. There's a little um, front story. Uh, and and the reason that I started thinking about this recently and why I wanted to talk about it today, the freedom when you have your own business, it, it, it is a double-edged sword, right? You, you, you have this freedom to write your schedule and to be able to pivot and, and to take days off if something happens. But then there's other times where you, you don't get to take time off when you're the only person working there, right? When you're the boss. And so it's definitely got pros and cons. But I, I started this um, you know, training course. I started the podcast. I started all of that because I did love working for myself and I want other people to have that joy and to have that, um, it's confidence, right? And it, 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 it makes you grow up really fast. <laughs> when I started, I was so young. I was what, 24, 25. And I had to look like a professional. I had to act like a professional because it was just me. And if I failed, you know, I, I didn't want to face that. I didn't want to tell everyone, you know, here I told my family, I'm going out on my own. I'm going to make my own design business. And I couldn't let myself fail, right? So I only had myself to rely on. I was my own cheerleader. Um, and that comes, again, with a lot of emotion and a lot of responsibility and a lot of, um, gosh, ups and downs, roller coasters. But at the end of the day, I still I don't think I could ever work for someone ever again, knowing that I have this freedom. So this all came about this week. My husband's... Um, mom passed away unexpectedly and it's been really hard on our family we also had my oldest son had a cornea transplant he um, had an eye injury from when he was little and because i own my own business i was able to quickly you know take days off for the surgery obviously but then when we found out about you know shannon my mother-in-law passing away it was i'm leaving everyone you know you hold down the fort I'm taking Kevin to the airport. He's flying to Texas. And I had that freedom. And that felt really good that I could just stop on a dime. I called clients and said, you know, I'm sorry there's been, you know, a death in the family and we're going to have to reschedule for next week. And I was allowed to do that. And again, on my terms. So that's one of the pros. The con, (laughs) I built this business, right? This this store runs on my system. It runs on my design system and, and um, how they work with clients and you know the whole process that I have been doing for the last 30 years. And so then I start worrying. I've trained people, but are they following the process? You know, it's that added level of anxiety to this is sort of my baby here and I'm going to be gone for days. I'm now I'm flying to Texas for a funeral and I'll be gone for a week. And so there's still anxiety about is it going to run without me, right? Have I have have I trained everyone well enough so that they're going to work as if I was still here <laughs> watching over their shoulder and and here to really um, guide and coach them and 
I think they will. They do. I mean, this last week has proved that um, the store didn't fall apart. <laughs> we still made sales. We still have happy clients. But it's a, it's another stress, right? You have to think about all of my money and my time has been invested into building this. Now, can I step back and, and let it run? Yay, it did. <laughs> we'll see how the week goes when I'm gone for a week. But um, it is. It's it's. It's part of it. And, and I've told the story before, but uh, bears repeating. You know, I started my first business when I'd worked at a furniture store. It was more of a design store, kind of like I have, where we had full interior design services and everything was custom and it was special ordered and just like an independent designer would. And I'd been working there um, a total of about four and a half years and hugely successful, making tons of money, really strong. You know, this was my calling. And then I had my son and I was on maternity leave for six weeks. And when I came back, I was there for an hour and said, I can't do this. I'm missing my life. I'm missing my son growing up. And I quit that day. And, you know, I always joke, my Kevin said, I wonder what took you so long because it was a whole hour. But I knew that there was, I wanted more control and I wanted to be, um, in charge of the time, my time and the time that I spent, you know, and where I spent it. And so that was great. You know, I've talked a lot about scheduling and, um, you know, I was home with my son. I had a nanny in the morning that would come in and sit with him. And then I knew, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays I had completely free. And that was when I did my house calls and that's when I did my shopping. And so I got to control that. I also, by doing that, and, and the reason I tell this story so much is, it was a huge leap of faith. As a young couple, um, I think I was 24, 25 when I had Kale. Yeah, 25. Um, I was a baby. But when I had him, um, we had just bought our first house and we had remodeled it. We were in debt up to our eyeballs. I had just bought my first new car. Um, Explorers, Ford Explorers were out and I had, I just, so excited. So I got one of those. So here is our first time having a car payment, a mortgage payment, all of the insurance and everything else that goes with that, home repairs. It was an old, you know, Victorian that we were fixing up. So it was a money pit. And I had my new son. My husband was a student. So it was all on my shoulders. And I had to be able to, again, to grow up fast and to step up and say, all right, I'm going to build this business like a, like a serious business, not like a hobby. And I'm, I made my invoice and I, um, you know, came up with my pricing structure and it was great, but it was so scary because if I didn't make money, we didn't make the mortgage payment. I was it. Now I didn't have a company to rely on. I didn't have, you know, a, a set of design or of, of clients that were just handed to me. This was the first time that I had to come up with my own marketing I had to decide how was I going to get clients. Luckily, I'd had you know one client that came with me. Um, and, you know, I've talked about that. I built the store for her mother-in-law, and that was fantastic—a great experience. And I, and I got to learn. But again, I didn't have training. It was just me. When I had to look up building codes, I had to go to the city. You know, if I wanted to figure out again before the internet, I'm old. But you know, if I wanted to figure out, you know, what are designers charge? How to, I had to actually call designers in my town and, and ask them, you know, almost ask if they could be a mentor to me as I was starting this business. So I learned really quickly 
but it's its own set of stresses. And I was thinking about this yesterday. I was talking to a designer that was thinking of going out on her own. And I said, you, you have to remember, and I coach people all the time. They have this great idea. You know, we start with, what do you want your business to look like? What is your dream business? What is that five years from now? What do you imagine your business to be? How much are you making? What kind of clients are you working with? That's the first step when you decide to go out on your own. But sometimes they want to jump to that place. They want to jump to the five year ahead. Uh, I was coaching with one um, designer down in California. And again, we went through the whole process and she wanted to volunteer more and she wanted to go see her family more. And um, she wanted to work on these other side projects. That was her goal was to build this business that would allow her to do that. And we'd been coaching for about six weeks and she'd had a trip to see her niece and planned. And she had new um, volunteer opportunities that she was scheduling for this and that. And she was frustrated because her business wasn't growing. <laughs> well, you have to build the business that gives you that lifestyle. So it's a lot of work up front. You know, you, you have to be aware that technically you're working 24-7. Technically, when it's all on your shoulders, you are always aware of the business. You're always conscious of the income and cash flow and um, client satisfaction and customer service. And you have to always be aware of it. So that kind of keeps you at this, at this heightened level of anxiety. Uh, so it's something to think about. You know, if you're someone that has a hard time dealing with stress, coping with stress, um, you can't shut it off. You know, you, you can't just turn everything off and be able to have peace and quiet and serenity for yourself. This might not be the industry for you. I mean, it would with those types of people, I would say go work at a store, go work at a design firm where you can you can choose to be less stressed. Someone else is doing your marketing, someone else is handling your paperwork, someone else is you know deciding on your vendors and ordering things for you. You just have to work with clients. I mean, that can be stressful enough, right? So you really need to think about I'm going to build this business. And you know, I have I still I have two-year, three-year, five-year, 10-year plans. Um, right now, they mostly involve remodeling my house, but <laughs> um, you you have to know, for instance, how many clients you can handle. How many clients with your stress level, with the ability that you have to manage, to juggle things. You, you have to know, okay, well, at the beginning, I want this huge, big design business with clients that keep coming back, you know, year after year and spread the name, but you can't handle more than say two clients when you're first starting out. That's maximum. You have to slowly build, you have to grow, you have to learn. And that's when you get the freedom, right? That's when you get to that place and your business can run smoothly and you know, it'll the business will still live for a while if you want to take days off, or if you want to have a part-time schedule, or if you want to take two weeks out of every year to go on vacation. But you really have to put in the time and energy up front. And people want to take shortcuts. You know, even my coaching system, you know, it's a business in a box. You know, you get the contracts, you get um, how to ask for money, you get how to close a sale, you get how to find your vendors, how to buy things, all of that. And it definitely gives you a head start, like it jumps you ahead, um, you know, maybe four years of, of learning on your own. 
but it's still work. You still have to put in that time, right? Um, So that can be stressful. Hopefully, once you get to that point, then the beauty is that you have control. Right now, um, we had a great opportunity that came up. Uh, It's a a wonderful man, Mike. You're fantastic. He um, is, his wife is a realtor and we met him a few years ago when we were having a wine walk at the store and we just really hit it off the whole, you know, he and his wife are fantastic and we knew there was going to be a connection there. We knew there was going to be something we could do, you know, some project we could do to, to make money together and that it'd be a good fit. And so he's brought a few things to the table um, over the last couple of years and he finally came back in and, and said, my, st-, he had started a staging company for his wife's real estate business and he said, the staging is so busy now. Every house that he's been doing He said, every time people want to buy the furniture and he's just got, you know, cheap stuff from Wayfair and, you know, discount closeout stuff. It's, it's nothing spectacular, you know, arts from Ikea. And so he was surprised. And then his wife um, got the opportunity to list a $6 million house, which is huge. You know, that's a, that's a big house. And they wanted him to stage it. Well, he was embarrassed of his furniture. A, he wouldn't have enough. B, the quality wasn't there. You know, the $300 sofa was not going to sell a $6 million house. And he was talking about a, a stager in Seattle here that's incredibly successful. She's a real estate agent and a stager. And she has a line of, you know, construction people lined up. You know, when she gets a new listing, she can say, you need a new roof. I've got a roofer. We need to paint the interior. I've got a painter. And so he wanted to kind of emulate that. So he came to us and we're, we're negotiating a deal and it's going great so far where we're going to, I'm going to buy out of, you know, I'm going to upfront buy enough furniture to fill this house. Um, it's probably going to cost me about $20,000, which on the low side, right? I'm, I'm being very frugal and smart about this, but any house that his wife starting out with his wife is listing for 2 million and up. We, we set that as a parameter. Um, we can, we can stage it with our furniture. Now the beautiful part is He's going to store the furniture. He's going to move it. He's giving me a separate section of his warehouse so that it'll just be our furniture and it won't get damaged. And he'll have the cheap furniture and then another section for his, you know, less expensive houses. But we'll essentially get to create a showroom like our store, but in the house. So it's so much more than, you know, than just a typical staging where you throw a couple chairs in the corner and, you know, maybe again, a cheap TG Maxx art, um, we're really going to go all out and have beautiful furniture and just deck out these rooms. I'm so excited because I think, again, as a marketing opportunity, you know, for him, now he can charge, you know, stages around Seattle charge twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000, just the staging fee. That doesn't even include the furniture rental or, you know, anything else. So, you know, now he'll be able to charge those higher fees. We've also decided that um, this other stager does, we're going to have a price list and it's going to list all of the furniture and people will be able to zap it with their phone and it'll be a link directly to the website. And so they can learn about the piece and if they want to buy it, they'll buy it from us, but we can order it. So they're not going to buy just that furniture. That will just be moved like a showroom from house to house and we'll be able to order 
new furniture for them. Um, and they'll be willing to wait, you know, as long as they've seen what it looks like. I mean, what's a better, it's like trying on clothes, right? Being able to try out a living room. <laughs> I mean, that's a fantastic opportunity. So I'll get my signage all around the, the, the home. Um, we'll, I'm giving him a percentage if the, if the furniture sells. But the best part is once the house closes, our foot's already in the door. It, and it isn't even just whoever buys the house. I mean, whoever buys that house, if they like the staging, what are the odds they're going to say, well, gosh, can you do window treatments? You know, can you do the other rooms, the guest room? Can you do, you know, the family room? Because we're only, we're, we're really hitting the main ones. We're going to do the living room, accessories for the kitchen, uh, a home office, a master bedroom, and a dining room. So what are the odds that they're going to want other furniture? I would guess pretty high. So that gets us in the door. Again, what a better way to qualify a client. And not only that, it occurred to me years ago when I was working with real estate agents and doing my marketing in their um, open houses and in their in their um, houses they've staged, it isn't just the person that buys the house. Everyone that comes through that house is in the market for a $2 million house. They've already been approved. But the way the, the market is right now, you need to be approved. You usually have to be ready with a cash offer. So I'm putting my furniture just in front of my ideal demographic. So I think that's going to be a huge game changer. And if I was working with a store, you know, if the owner didn't want to do that, if I was working at, you know, at a big box store, you know, or even like a pottery barn or something, I wouldn't get to do that. I wouldn't get that choice. But because it's my business, I feel great. I'm so excited. I think it's going to be huge. It'll be fun, um, especially since he's moving all the furniture. I don't have to do that. Uh, and we have Kurt, our great designer who, you know, specialized in staging and has worked for some of those really high-end stagers in Seattle. So he's going to run the whole program. Um, I, I really think it's going to be um, huge. I, I'm excited. So that's something that, you know, again, it's an opportunity. But if I didn't own the store, would I be able to take advantage of that? Um, I want to keep talking about marketing um because again, this is something that I got to decide. It isn't a corporation that I work for that corporate decides what the mailer is going to look like. I wanted to show you the new marketing that we've come up with. And again, I love that I got to decide, right? I get to think about the clients we want to attract and um, we get the freedom to be kind of creative. So this is our marketing. And if, and if you're just listening, um, we chose a clear bag so that you could see our logo through it. And we had these candles um, poured with our signature scent. It's actually, it's kind of a knockoff of the Voluspa, that, oh, that wonderful, their best-selling scent. Um, every time I go to anthropology, I love. So we had a local candle maker um, pour candles for us. And she put our logo, which is just a sticker that's printed out. But we thought... You know, what would make us stand out? What what would grab someone's attention? Because when I get mailers, when I get things in the mail that's a postcard, chances are I'm not looking for it. I'm looking for a bill <laughs> or someone sending me a check. That's usually the mail that I'm looking for. And the rest just gets tossed. So I knew I wanted something that they, they wouldn't just throw away, right? So this candle smells amazing. Um, and they're great. They're soy. They're, and they weren't very expensive. They were $6 a piece which is really affordable. Um, I bought a couple cases of them. I'll wrap this better next time. And then I bought little boxes on Amazon and we had 
our logo printed on stickers from Sticker Mule, which is fantastic. They turned it around in less than a week and they look beautiful. So that logo will show through the bag. We put a little red tissue. We put a little red, uh, you know, scrunchy stuff at the bottom of the bag. And this is the brilliant part. <laughs> Pat myself on the back. The designers have been tasked with going through either redfin.com, realtor.com. We have this ability now. We have this technology at our fingertips. Let's use it. You can put in a parameter, say realtor.com. You can say, I want to see houses in this vicinity that sold in the last 30 days, 60 or 90s, but usually about 30 days. And I'm going to put in, I want them to be a minimum of 2 million, 2 million. And it'll show you a list. Not only does it show you the house, you know, you, so you can have a mailing list, but these are expensive. This is about a $10 gift, right? I want to really make sure that we're choosing the house, that we're being smart. So now you have this smaller list of houses and you can open the pictures. The, the pictures are still there. We can see which houses need remodeling, which ones definitely need window treatments, which house is, you know, bare, um, it's big. Chances are most people moving into it aren't going to have the furniture to fill it. So we can choose the house. And then this little bag will get left on their doorstep with a handwritten note. Welcome to the neighborhood. I'm an interior designer. Um, we work for First and Main Design Market and we offer complimentary interior design. I'd love to help you turn your new house into the home of your dreams. I, I think it's such a um, you know, it's personal, but it's also, um, you know, it's something that people want, right? It, it isn't just a coupon. I don't want to just put in a coupon. I wanted something that was really tangible and that they could touch and feel. Uh, we used to do this in California at the store I worked at, but it was logoed chocolates and a handwritten note. And that was it. We'd just go put them on doors. We, but we'd have to canvas a whole neighborhood and drop them on every doorstep. But this... We can really pinpoint. And I, I love that. I think it's going to be great. In fact, Karen already put out six last week and she, uh, just last week, and she's got a call from someone. They're excited to have her come out and look at the space. And um, so this will be a big game changer as well. And here's uh, another thing. Maybe we can post pictures, Ilya, um, uh, and, you know, so people can see it closer. But the other thing when it comes to a postcard, you know, I've spent so much time designing postcards. You know, how do you grab their attention? How do you show everything that you do? How do you tell them what you do? But you only have this little bitty space to do it. And so, again, I wanted something that stood out, something that, that people wouldn't just toss mindlessly and not stop and look at. So we created a little fan deck. And the front says, welcome to the neighborhood has all of our contact information. The second page is enjoy these designer tips as our gift to get you started decorating your new home. Why would I give them free advice? Because they're things that are so simple and yet I'd almost rather give them a head start so we don't have to deal with this stuff. And at the end of the day, it'll show them that, oh, I wouldn't have thought of that. I guess I, I would like a designer. So it's things like, um, hold on, I gotta get to that page. Um, you know, you need a well-thought-out plan, including a traffic pattern and color palette before you start designing. Most people aren't going to be able to pick out their own color palette or even know what a traffic pattern is. So again, you drop those little words that, that make them think, oh, I, I, need, I need them. I need a professional. Um, create focal points and conversation groups. Your room should work to its strengths. See, they're just little tips 
that again, get them started, get them thinking about design and get them thinking about their house um, in a you know, bigger picture other than just, I've got boxes everywhere. Where do I stick my sofa? Um, I talk about the store on the first page. The second page is, we believe your home should tell your story. How do you really live in your home? What colors make you feel comfortable and relaxed? Is your current house a stepping stone or a forever home? What's more important, style, comfort, or quality? So again, it looks like a fan deck, like a paint deck, but these are questions to get them thinking bigger, right? Deeper about their house. Then we've got, uh, what story do you want your your house to tell? And then we've got pictures, examples. Um, there's the design tips. And then here's your designer experience is complimentary. And I show before and after. We've got before, consult, designed, transformed on these little spaces. And then the last, I even added the top five designer paint colors. I've used these paint colors so many times. My painter will say, oh yeah, that's, you know, same old, same old. But again, I want to give this to people because I don't care if they pick their favorite color and they test it out and they paint the walls and then come see me. Great. One step done, right? So in case you're wondering, uh, uh, West Highland White, which is a beautiful kind of a warm white, agreeable gray. Everyone knows Benjamin Moore's agreeable gray. Accessible Beige, (laughs) Dorian Gray, and Peppercorn. Our store is painted Peppercorn. They're just basic go-to. And if you guys want to steal this idea, go for it. Um, but I had them printed out as bookmarks. So they were cut. They were the you know oblong shape. And then we just put a little brad in the corner. But so far, great response. It's different. It's not a postcard. It's going to grab their attention. Is this something I could have done if I worked for someone else? Maybe I could talk someone into it. But again, it was fun to have that freedom because I own my own business. So these are the kinds of things. These are the pros, right? That you get to do stuff like this. You, you, you eventually get to set your schedule. You eventually get to go on vacation for a week. But, but remember, you've got that level of stress that's, that's always there. Again, you're always the boss. The, the buck will always stop with you. When you have a client complaining, you're customer service. You're it. You're the one that gets to talk them, you know, off the ledge, um, you're your accounting, you're your bookkeeping. You know, you can always build up to where you're having that done for you, which is, I would highly recommend. But again, it, it's it's a, a, there are there are both sides of a coin, right? You need to weigh the pros and cons and see what's best for your personality. You know, maybe you need a partner. Maybe you need a team. Maybe um, you're okay just on your own. And, and all of those should fit your personality. I don't want anyone to start this career and then either mess up someone's home or hate me because they, you know, Chelsea said it was so easy (laughs) and it is, but you got to be smart. You got to be smart about this. You're a professional, right? You're starting a business, not just a hobby. Don't just go in and give people free advice and um, give them all of your ideas. Think about it strategically. You got to be smart. I want you to make money. I want this to be a career. I want you to put away money for the future and, and you know, get a chance to retire someday. <laughs> Most designers don't retire. Most designers work um, for the rest of their lives because they don't think about their business wisely and they're not putting money aside. And they're not planning for the future. So that, that's my advice for today. Yes, start your own business if you want this in the future. But just be smart. And if you have questions, email me. 
reach out. I'm here. I love answering questions. The coaching part is still my favorite. This is still my calling. I love teaching people how to do this for themselves. So reach out and ask me questions on YouTube, on Instagram, um, and I'll get back to you. I have Nadia now officially taking over design for a living. So, um, the one and only Nadia will be answering questions and answering my emails for me and reaching out to people. So that's exciting. Um, wait till I tell her she gets to be the, uh, moderator for the Facebook page. Ay, ay, ay. Okay. So thanks everyone. Uh, again, happy designing. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Design for a Living with Chelsea Coriel. Our episodes will be dropping on Sunday, so stay tuned. We are on Google Podcast and Spotify, so stay tuned for that and follow along. Thanks so much for being with us. Find us online at designforaliving.com. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and House at Design for a Living. If you'd like to submit a question or request a topic, email us at chelsea at designforaliving.com. That's C-H-E-L-S-E-A at designforaliving.com.